Reaction. 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 By Home Things. Nice. Gold dust. Welcome to another episode of Reaction by Home Things. Today I am virtually joined by Anna Brightman, who is the co-founder of UpCircle. Anna, it's lovely to have you on. Before we get started, I want to know a bonkers fact from yourself. It can be about anything. What have you got for me? Okay, well, I think I've got quite a good one. We <laughs> recently uh, hit a bit of a milestone as a team. So we've been going just under four years now, and there are four of us in the team. And uh, since launching UpCircle, we have now rescued 250 tonnes of coffee from being sent to landfill by turning it into our scrubs and serum. And I think, you know, as a brand who like to focus on making a positive difference and, and not being all about doom and gloom, I, I thought that was quite a nice bonkers fact to, to start off with. I think, you know, if you rewind to four years ago, we could never have even imagined that we could have made that much impact. So something that I'm pretty proud of and pretty excited about. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's like you said, it's, it's something that has such a big impact, but I guess, and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later on, but something that you wouldn't even necessarily thinking about, you know, in terms of like personal level, you know, when you're making your coffee and you throw your grounds away to like mm -hmm. big level, you know, with, with your Starbucks and all your other coffee chains and the amount that you've saved 250, what was it? 250,000 tons. Two, 200. So we send in the UK every year per year, um, 500 tons. 500,000 tonnes, sorry, I'm going to get mixed up here. 500,000 tonnes per year in the UK get sent to land landfill and it rots to produce methane. And us four, as a little team, have uh, saved 250 tonnes uh, by turning it into our scrubs. Um, and then if we, we, were look we were doing some of the maths the other day and if we uh, look at our current rates of growth, within the next five years, we are predicted to have saved another 1,000. Um, so I just think, you know, that's me and my brother had this little idea a few years ago oh why don't we start collecting coffee for some coffee shops and, and turning it into skincare products and now 250 times later four years in so it's pretty exciting i think that's absolutely incredible if that's not a great fact to start the day then i don't know what <laughs> <laughs> mine by comparison nothing really champion but i thought quite uh wild you know in this day and age which is that the spice girls i imagine you were a fan as was i still am to be honest the <laughs> spice girls none of them came up with their own nicknames they were given to them really what yep. by each other or by kind of management i think i mean you know the nice story would be that it was by each mm. other i think the reality you know especially in the 90s management. Man, it was management it was the big white men at the top but you know we yeah. like to tell anyway. Well, I thought that was a bit bonkers. Imagine suddenly, you know, for Scary Spice or, you know, Ginger Spice, it's like, oh yeah, you're now called Scary Spice. Like, right. That is, that is now your defining feature. <laughs> so you better act like it. You better start getting <laughs> posh or <Spice>. scary. <laughs> I love it. I saw it and I thought, you know what? That'll do. That's my bonkers fact. It's been a long week, you can tell. So It's a good one. I'll use it in a quiz with my pals later. <gasps> Please do, please do, please do. I'd like to know that it's kind of living its life. Yes. So I've already introduced you as Anna, you know, a mystical Anna. Why don't you kind of tell everybody about yourself, you know, very still a black, what's your name, what do you do, where do you come from? I'll let you take it away. 
Sure. Uh, my name is Anna, as we have mentioned. I am the co-founder of UpCircle Beauty. So for anyone who hasn't heard of us, we are a sustainable skincare brand and our concept is all based around repurposing natural ingredients and um, giving them a whole new life in the form of vegan, cruelty-free, natural, uh, sustainable skincare. So I launched the business with my brother four years ago and um, we started out recycling coffee and then we've expanded out into other byproducts from different industries, primarily the food industry, um, looking at things like fruit stones that we powder into a range of facial products, chai tea spices, uh, and all sorts of exciting things coming as well. I am from London and we are based in London. Um, and I am 26 years old and that is a bit, of, it's actually my birthday on Sunday. So I'm not 26 for, for very much longer, <laughs> <laughs> but that is, that's a little bit of background to us and, and me. That. Absolutely love that. So with UpCircle, and I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, um, in our kind of bonkers facts about what you do, but where did the whole idea come from? I know it's obviously about, you know, the food waste and kind of recognizing that you could do something more with with our used coffee grounds but you know you and your brother just sitting around were you having a coffee like where how did you suddenly realize this as a problem and think that it was going to be something that you guys would do to solve it so it actually just came from pure curiosity and observation really so we both came from quite a corporate background and my brother worked in finance and every morning he would go into a coffee shop as do thousands and thousands of people to get a morning coffee and uh, one day just again out of curiosity he asked what do you actually do at the end of the day with all the coffee that you produce you can see them tapping it out from the little pucks that they use um, and he was shocked to, to hear that they produce and this was just a, a an independent coffee shop not a big chain not a Starbucks or anything like that um, but this independent chain um, made so much coffee per day that they have to pay the council to have it disposed of at landfill sites wow. and then again after a little more research finding out that you know yes it's a natural material so you don't necessarily appreciate that it could have a negative environmental impact you know if you're making a coffee at home with a cafetiere and you've got a garden you can sprinkle it on your lawn or on your flowers and it's all good it will naturally uh, degrade aerobically but if you're putting it into a giant 15 kilogram bin bag, um, it, it actually rots. And that's when it has this negative side because when it rots, it produces methane, which is a greenhouse gas. So it was, you know, that simple question in a coffee shop one morning from my brother that made him think, wow, there is an abundance of this material. That supply is not going to wane anytime soon. Coffee is incredibly popular and it, it probably will be <laughs> for at least the duration of our lifetimes. <laughs> um, so you know, there's, there's a, a huge resource here that would be mutually beneficial if I were to take it and if, if they were to have it taken away. And then he wasn't sure what to do with it. Like, okay, I've got, got the problem, but what's my solution? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I came in. Again, you know, from the corporate background, we were both left ultimately unfulfilled in our roles. So we were looking to start something that had, you know, a bit of a purpose beyond profit that, that left us feeling better at the end of the day than just being a tiny cog in a massive machine. So I had a keen interest as a teenager in, in makeup and skincare. I wanted to be a makeup artist. That was my first sort of dream job. So I knew that coffee had loads of fantastic skin benefits. And I knew that coffee-based skincare products existed. 
Um, but again, on further research, it was very apparent that there was a massive gap in the market and the, no one was making them from recycled materials. They were just, you know, purchasing even more, like adding to the, the coffee um, kind of interest, I suppose. So we started to experiment with collecting them from this one shop and, and, and turning them into little skincare products. And before we started, you mentioned the London Coffee Festival, which is interesting because that's actually where we sort of trialed the, the concept. We, we made loads of scrubs and we took them along to a, a, a little innovation zone within the London Coffee Festival and could not believe how popular they were. They literally flew out. So, um, it, you know, it showed us that the product worked and that people liked the products, but also almost more importantly, that people didn't turn their nose up to the idea of using recycled ingredients in skincare. Uh, you know, this is the beauty industry. It's, it's relatively fickle. <laughs> and if people are going to turn their nose up to that, then, then it's a non-starter. So um, that was, you know, that was, that's what started it all. And, and that was what gave us the confidence to, to go for it and to use a circular uh, concept as our defining USP. I love that and I think the the kind of circular model is really really interesting and especially I mean you guys started four years ago but I think now more than ever you know sustainable brands and brands that are kind of more circular rather than linear is so important and is it often for people a, you know a, a deciding point between one brand or another from I guess looking back over the last four years and maybe I guess where you're, where you're looking to take up Circle, what, what kind of positive impacts are you directly trying to have? You know, what are the ones that you communicate? And I guess how important do you think it is to, to show how sustainable you are? Or is it, you know, more of a discovery factor? You know, people like the brand first and then find out you're sustainable second. I think... I mean, I, I would love to say do both in equal measure all the time, but that's not necessarily possible. I think in skincare, no matter how sustainable you are, uh, if the product doesn't do what it's supposed to do, people aren't going to buy it. Like the story isn't enough. You have to lead with results and um, you know how good it is, how how effective it will be in solving whatever skincare concern that you may have. So we actually lead with that. We lead with the efficacy, and then we let the fact that we have all of these amazing credentials and that each product has this beautiful story uh, then be a bonus kind of thing. Um, but that said, you know, our unique concept, we are really doing something different. I think, you know, a lot of brands these days can now claim to be natural. They can claim to be vegan. They can claim to be all of that. And that's fantastic. Like that, that's, that's good news. We want that to be the norm. Um, but, you know, skincare is a very crowded market and, and you have to stand out. So we wanted to go a step further, which is why every single one of our formulations has this waste fighting element. Um, so, we, you know, we do shout about it. We, um, the front of our packaging, our whole branding design is very stripped back. It's very streamlined and it follows the same formula. So if you read the front of any of our packages, any of our products, you get the brand, you get what the product is. So for example, um, a face moisturizer, and then you get what it repurposes. And that's basically all the messaging you get on the front. So for the moisturizer, it would say from the powder of discarded argan shells. And, um, and then if there's any kind of variant beneath that, like a scent variant, then that comes beneath. So in our hierarchy of our messaging, there's no denying that we put front and center our circular economy message. I mean, look at our brand name. <laughs> the brand name was entirely designed to shout about what makes us who we are, which is 
um, you know, uplifting environmental impacts, upcycling ingredients, circular economy, melting that all together. So I think, you know, it's not a clean answer. I think you have to ensure if you're going down the eco green route that your products still perform equally as good as their non-natural uh, competitors. Um, but then also if you're a brand who has something to be proud of, then why not shout about it? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think something interesting that you kind of touched on there and is actually, you know, runs through everything that you do is the whole issue around food waste. And we all know, I think increasingly more so how much of an issue that is. And you're kind of repurposing, you know, giving things a second life or a second use, or, you know, not saying that once something is used once, it then is thrown away, whether it be, you know, the packaging or the food from your kind of research and your understanding, how important is you know, the recycling of food waste? Is it something that we should all be thinking about in every touch point? Because I guess maybe some people wouldn't have thought, oh, you know, a, a great thing, you know, for my plum stone, I don't know, is it round <laughs> it down and then you can tell I'm not in this business, is it round it down and like then rub it on my face? You know, is, is it something that we should all be thinking about in every touch point, you know, about food waste and, and the bigger problems that, that surround that in terms of, you know, climate and the environment? I think a fairly crazy statistic is that one third of all food produced is wasted. Um, and that often is before it even gets to like a supermarket and to the point that you would be even able to purchase it. Most of it is, you know, a, a huge portion of it is already gone. Um, and I think that again, when it comes to what we're doing, there is just an abundance to work with before we start thinking about producing new. You know, the whole idea behind circular economy or upcycling is seeing the value in what already exists before deciding that we need to make more of something. Um, we don't, like, we just need to realign what we're considering as waste. Um, you know, think before you throw something away. Uh, be imaginative. It's all about imagination. Can you envision a new life for something? So, you know, we work with byproducts. Um, so technically things that couldn't have been used in the same way in food. So, um, you know, you can't use coffee grounds again. <laughs> They've served their purpose. We're just extending their life in a different way. And um, chai tea spices, they've already been used to brew chai, but they smell incredible afterwards. So then we're re-envisioning that. Um, we're going to start working with fruit waters that are byproducts from the juicing industry so again they've, they've done their job but i think that what you can do in other ways and we're seeing more with with young kind of indie brands is this um you know look at all the wonky veg brands mm -hmm. um people making chutneys or sauces or, or waters and juices from fruit and veg that's deemed not pretty enough to go onto a, a, a supermarket shelf and i think that that's what's more powerful is this kind of realignment of um, what's acceptable in terms of aesthetics. Like, are we really going to turn our nose up to a cucumber just because it's bent? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's mad. I received the most gigantic, so we get Oddbox, which is, you know, yeah. the, the food box for people who don't know where it saves, it rescues, you know, surplus fruit and vegetables and also wonky fruit and vegetables that would otherwise be rejected or you know there's too much and we got one last week with the um, honestly the hugest cucumber i have ever <laughs> seen in my entire life it looked quite vulgar in a way and it was like <laughs> like a boomerang shape i was like i don't really know what i'm supposed to do with this but it's 
it's like a treasure. And I remember speaking to my granddad and kind of telling him, you know, you have these weird lockdown conversations. I was like, I know what I'm going to tell him about today. My odd box, my veg delivery. And he was just so shocked. I mean, you know, he obviously lives in our time, so he knows that this goes on. But for him, that concept of waste, especially food waste, you know, and he looked back at our history, you know, and in times where people were rationing food and now we're literally producing stuff and often overproducing, yeah. you know, consumer demands and increasing needs. And yet so much of it goes to waste or is just chucked away, like you said, because it, it's not aesthetically pleasing. It's just, it's such a bananas concept when you think about it like that. It's like, actually, that makes no sense mm. ever. And yet, you know, it's the times that we live in. So I know, I know. Kind of another thing that, that keeps popping up whenever I kind of look at these things and do a bit of research is, you know, there's always trends coming on. There's always, you know, the next eco trend. And I think something, and it's not necessarily a trend because it's been happening a lot, but people talk a lot about a zero waste lifestyle. How achievable do you think realistically, and it can be obviously from your personal point of view, do you think that living zero waste is like do you think that is achievable do you think it's even something that we should all be reaching for do you think actually it's quite you know unobtainable I think it's um oh, it's one of those terms that you hear thrown around a lot and I think fundamentally it's 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 not realistic um you know you see on YouTube or vloggers these people are oh, fit a year's worth of rubbish in a jam <laughs> jar take the challenge but I mean, okay, but what's your job? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't seem too, uh, too achievable for the vast majority of the population. So I think for me, it's one of those terms that um, make me worried because I think it's difficult when you're trying to achieve, it's like trying to achieve perfection and you're inevitably going to fail, right? And it's the same approach as when you hear all of these doom and gloom headlines. Oh my God, you know, we are killing all of the marine life. This is how much plastic we produce in a year. This is this. And you think, right, well, if that's what's happening, what difference can I make? Because that is a huge, huge problem. And I'm a, an individual person who lives a, a, you know, a normal life. I can't, I can't make an impact on that. I can't make a dent into that. So why should I even bother? And I think it's similar if you, if you look at something like zero waste. Okay, I'm going to try and do, a, you know, live a zero waste lifestyle. And then you realize, oh my God, that's incredibly difficult. And then you think, oh, I can't do it. So I won't, I won't bother. I think it's really interesting as well. You could, you could take the same approach with veganism. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's to a lot of people, to an older generation, take my parents, for example, they might be really um, they, they don't really understand this massive vegan movement. You know, they're used to a meat and two veg kind of life. That's how they were raised. That's, that's what they've always done. And so to say to them, oh, you know, you should, um, you should completely cut out all meat and, and, and dairy products, anything that's in any way related to animals and what you consume. And they'll just say no. But then if you make it bite size, if you say, oh, have you considered a, a non-dairy milk or, or something like that, then automatically well not not automatically but all of a sudden you're actually having a, a bigger impact and i think that it's the same with zero waste i think rather than having maybe a hundred people who are able to achieve it uh, there is much more value in having tens of thousands of people who are doing a decent job of living consciously or trying to minimize their waste where possible i think that's where you have a bigger impact right rather than trying to achieve perfection with these 
seemingly <laughs> impossible high standards. Um, I think it's more of a, an approach of every little helps and that we can all make a difference if we just try to be more considerate in our everyday choices. So I think, you know, zero waste, probably not. Uh, but but low waste or, or just living and shopping consciously, I think, is where the focus should be. Definitely. And even just applauding, like exactly what you said, less waste. And, you know, it's yeah. like your parents, if we can encourage everyone to do one small thing, but do it really, really well and do it for, say, for example, for the rest of their lives, rather than, you know, a small group of us taking on a zero waste challenge, doing it for a month and feeling fantastic about ourselves all over Instagram, but then actually almost like completely relapsing because yeah. you know, it's not sustainable. And it's like, you know, with crash dieting or any, or anything yeah. like that, if you do, you strip out everything, it's always never sustainable. Whereas if you make like a couple of really small changes in any part of your life, but you know, especially sustainably, then you kind of, because they're easier to manage and easier to maintain, you like to think that they become more habitual and it's like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, I just did that, change that small thing, you know, it doesn't really impact on my life. And I think that's what's so important when trying to get people to think about being more circular and more conscious. It's just tiny little changes that won't impact their life. People love their routine. They love what they already know. So to try and get someone to overhaul anything in their skincare routine or in their shopping habits or in their diet is nay impossible unless yeah. you're people who's like i'm an all or nothing type of gal which you know <laughs> people love to say but it's often very not true it's very <laughs> very hard to actually achieve i've been that person before and it's so not true it's so, <laughs> so obviously you know you guys come from a corporate background you're now in you know the beauty and skincare industry are there any kind of big key things that you've noticed now you're in that industry yourself that maybe the big players you know, the big brands, we all know who they are. Is there anything that you think they could be doing more sustainably? Or do you think actually in the time that you've been doing this over the last four years, you've actually already seen big steps, big changes, and actually maybe they are already doing as much as they can? I think what's interesting is that as a young brand, as a small brand, you can be much more proactive, whereas these big brands are reactive. It takes them much longer to make changes because everything that they do is on such a massive scale. So I think what I enjoy or take pride in is that in a way us kind of indie brands are leading the, the charge. We're, we're, we're affecting the change and it does come from consumers, of course, but we're able to implement those ideas uh, or, or we're inspired by the same thing. Cause we are consumers when, when we start, I think that what I've seen changing from the big brands uh, is things like well, I've mentioned already, but a focus on cruelty-free and vegan beauty, you know, these big umbrella terms like clean and green have started to come to the forefront of the messaging of major players in a way that they never ever did before. Yeah. Um, and, and this kind of um, a, a, a kind of more of a focus on things not being perfect you know the, the adverts aren't necessarily entirely photoshopped they're using more diversity and the models that they choose that's things that consumers and that young brands have said we want to see change here like we're fed up of you advertising uh oh the one that used to annoy me so much would be a mascara and <laughs> the <laughs> see mascara adverts on tv and they're wearing 15 
fake eyelashes <laughs> and at the bottom of the screen it says this has also by the way been enhanced uh, <laughs> uh, whatever the word is uh, you know computer enhanced as well yeah and I'm like well in what way are you advertising a mascara <laughs> oh, just, that one always used to annoy me whereas now you see that they're at least realistic you know they don't think we're idiots in the same way anymore like we can see through it so there's, there's more authenticity in that sense which is good but I also think that there's a much greater emphasis on um, the ingredients that they're using and focusing a lot on that. Where I think there could be improvement is uh, packaging, I suppose. I think what's really, you know, the beauty industry has a terrible reputation for sustainability. And I think one of the main reasons for that is the need for complex, multi-material, multi-use packaging parts. You know, you might have a pipette that has a rubber top and then it's glass and it's got plastic around the base so all of a sudden you've got loads of materials making up one piece of packaging which is what makes them so difficult to recycle yeah. uh, but there are better options out there you know the use of plastic from bigger brands is devastating um uh, going through airports is always fairly fairly bleak looking at all of the tiny little miniatures i think miniatures are a bit of a disaster um and yeah, so, so I would say packaging is where I would love to see more improvement. But then again, for me, equally, it's my biggest point of frustration, even as a young brand, because it's a real balancing act between what's good and what doesn't make my price point so ridiculous that then no one's going to want to buy it. So they're just going to buy the, the worst version that's in a plastic pot because they can actually afford it. Um, you know, I can only work with what is available and I'm not a packaging manufacturer. Um, so it is, it's, it's difficult. It really is. But then you see a lot of sort of greenwashing where you see a brand say, oh, well, you know, we started using, let's say sugarcane. So our packaging is now 80% less plastic, right? But what you're doing is you're infusing the sugarcane with plastic in order to make it waterproof. So actually you could have been hundred percent plastic before now you're 20% plastic, but you were previously recyclable and now you're not because you've mixed the two ingredients, the two materials together. And that is something that you wouldn't necessarily realize as a consumer. You're like, Oh, amazing. This is great. But it's not. <laughs> They're completely duping you with, um, you know, some clever marketing spiel and actually making a product that was less sustainable than it was before. So that's something that I notice happening a fair amount that I find frustrating from the outside. Um, but, you know, there's challenges with everything. And so, I, as we've said, it's difficult to make something perfect. But uh, progress in packaging would make me happy. Definitely. I think... The packaging thing is such an interesting one it's something that we have come up against a lot and we are right in our infancy but it's it's i guess it's not a shame in a way but it's one of those things where these big kind of it's the big players who have the budget to be able to you know invest in these new materials and you know tool these new devices and xyz but it's the smaller people who actually want to do it so you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place of yeah all the desire and all the will in the world but you know looking at it from a, a business perspective it isn't viable for a brand new little independent business to invest the millions that it would need to kind of you know produce this state-of-the-art innovative seaweed wrapped package yeah. you know, that would of course be amazing and would be you know the best option for all but actually like you said you know you kind of have to find that sweet spot of what is the best I can do mm -hmm. in you know my own remit and within my own limitations and we all have those limitations but I guess it's like you said it's as long as you're doing the best that you can and also I think what's really important for any brand is 
you know, to think about what can we always be doing better? Like, what are we working towards? Because things are always changing, you know, what we're talking about is always changing, what we're producing is always changing. So as long as we have that, you know, end goal in sight, even though the end goal will move every single month, you know, I think it's always a good thing. Yeah, agreed. So two, two words that you mentioned, which I just think are, I'm not, we won't go into them because I have strong opinions, I think, to you about <laughs> when brands claim, you know, clean and green and yeah. all different things, you know, I mean, are they the same? Is it a good thing? What do they even mean? It's like with the word natural, you know, people can claim natural without it even meaning anything. It doesn't, you know, natural word doesn't actually mean a term. Apparently I learned, you know, you can say that it's natural and actually not be natural at all, but mm-hmm. that's for another day. But do you have any tips that you could share with us about how to make your beauty regime more, what word shall we use? Do you know what? Let's just go for more <laughs> sustainable perhaps rather than clean or green. To be honest, when uh, I, I won't go into it, uh, but I think the fact that you've used the word sustainable is exactly the word that I would use. I think that all of these words are just umbrella statements that yeah. at the end of the day mean sustainable. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you chose that one. I can I think my first thing that I would say in terms of advice when it comes to trying to Uh, create a more sustainable bathroom cabinet let's say is to resist the urge to just empty it all out and start again I think that you know often that having a clean slate feels like something that would be good but there is no point in creating waste in order to try and fight it so um, try and you know use up what you've had if there's something that you've had in your cupboards for ages that you clearly haven't loved or hasn't worked for you ask your friends um maybe they'd like it me and my my girlfriends particularly me or I've got a few friends in PR and we do get sent a lot of stuff and it might not work out for us so we always just take pictures of it all laid out on our floor and then next time we all see each other we do like a big swap of all of these uh, skincare products because whilst one of us might not wear fake tan the other one might absolutely be obsessed with it so um, ask around before you have that urge to just chuck it all in the bin and then after that I would say think not only about the products that you use in terms of like actual skincare products or, you know, toothpaste or something like that, but also the accessories that you use every day. So if you're someone who uses a cotton bud, um, could you have a more sustainable version of that? Do you shave? Are you still using plastic disposable razors? Because there are incredible alternative options for those. Do you use makeup pads, cotton pads? Um, Could you swap that out for a, a muslin or Uh, you know a bamboo washable makeup round um so look into the you know the the daily use accessories that you use in your bathroom as well I think there are some incredible options out there at the minute for uh, ways you can switch those up um and move away from the things that you would inevitably be disposing and then finally particularly at the moment um we're recording this while in lockdown so everyone's at home uh have a look at making your own you might think that that's not necessarily the best advice for someone who produces skincare products but um that's how our brand was inspired by simple high quality ingredients the kinds of things that you would find in your kitchen or in your fridge or in your fruit bowl and you'd be amazed at what valuable ingredients you can find that you already own and it's a lot of fun um you know on a friday night get together with your flatmates or your sister or whoever you live with and and make your own little pamper party, make your own coffee scrub. It's so easy. (laughs) Save your coffee grounds, mix it in with some olive oil. Um, You know, find a nice essential oil to to add a few drops in. 
I always encourage playing around with DIY beauty. I think it's, it's great fun and it's great in terms of sustainability. And you might have a, a banana that you made too many banana breads, but it's looking a bit brown. <laughs> You're fed up with banana bread. Well, why not make a banana face mask or a hair mask or something like that? Um, so yeah, get creative. I love that. I think that's great advice. I can just imagine myself getting off this call and being like, right, to my boyfriend, here's my coffee, lie down, <laughs> welcome to my salon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you absolutely hate it. That's amazing. And finally, I can't believe we've come to the end of the chat. We, this is a new feature that I've decided to put in. Originally, it was because I called this my isolation radio station, but it is in no way, shape or form anything like a radio station. <laughs> I'm going to ask you what is the track that you're listening to at the moment and I'm going to add it into the end of the show. Oh, I love this. Okay, so I had this album on yesterday and it's one of my family's all-time favorite um musicians and albums and it's the title track from that. Bit of a golden oldie. It's Neil Young Harvest Moon. I think it's an absolute classic. It's yeah, it was it's the album my parents listened to on their honeymoon and it just never gets old for me. Oh, that's gorgeous. I love that. A song with a purpose and with a meaning. Yes. I, I would love it if it was a slightly risque, raunchy one. You're like, yeah, it's a <laughs> honeymoon song. Okay. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> uh, let's wrap it up. <laughs> wrap that up, Anna. <laughs> Anna, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time and for your insight. It's been a wonderful start to the day for me. Agreed. No, thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time. 